Welcome back to another episode of Uniquely Wired Podcast. I'm your host, Anani, and I am so grateful to have you here listening um, to this podcast wherever you are. Um, today, we are diving into really a topic of autism. Now what? Um, if we had to give it a topic. And I have a special guest with me today. And again, I know I say this about every guest. Don't judge me. Okay. But everybody is special to me. Okay. And Jamaida is truly special. Um, and all the things that she does, and you guys are going to get to hear a little more about her. Um, but yes, please don't forget to share and, you know, download this episode and this podcast so you can stay in tune. We are almost done season one, which is crazy, but I am so excited <laughs> for season two. Um, but yes, without further ado, I'm going to introduce to you Jomaira Ortiz. So sis, if you can introduce yourself. Awesome. Thank you, Nani. Um, my name is Jomaira Ortiz. I am the founder and executive director of Rooted Hearts Ministries. Uh, we are a 501c3 nonprofit rooted here in North Carolina, in Charlotte, more specifically. And um, we serve families of children who are recently diagnosed within the last 24 months, um, uh, recently diagnosed with autism, excuse me, and uh, providing families and children with as much wraparound support, resources, education as possible while they're in that transition period between diagnosis and waiting for therapy to start. So that's a little bit about what, who I am and what we do. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And you guys, of course, I usually have some questions for my guest speakers. But this time I told Jomaira, I said, listen, we're just going to flow. Um, and just allow God to lead us in this episode and whatever she feels led to share with the family. So she has such a beautiful ministry. You know, she just talked about Rooted Hearts Ministry, and she has impacted so many families and still doing so with this beautiful God-given ministry. And, you know, you have to truly have the passion for this. Am I right? You have to have the passion yes. to do such thing, especially when you know it's going to go global. Like families are in need. And you know what? I guess, Jomaida, I can ask you, um, since we're just flowing and it's going to be a little crazy. Um, how has it been, you know, with you being an autism mom yourself and also providing this to other autism families around the world? Like how has, how has that impacted you? I should say, that's, that's a good question. How has that impacted you as an autism mom? Because I know it has to be such a great feeling to be able to do this. So go ahead and dive us in. Yeah. So um, as you mentioned, I'm an autism mom. I have a brilliant, beautiful boy. He's three. Uh, he was diagnosed at, <laughs> thank you. Yes. He was diagnosed at 21 months. Um, and honestly, he's the inspiration behind all of this. Mm. Um, and so mm. as an autism mom myself, it's just been beautiful to be able to gain community mm. um, that I didn't even realize I needed while also mm -hmm. helping other caregivers and families to yes. unite and communicate yes. on a different level. There's so many of us out here and, and, and we're all needed. Let me just start by saying that. There's so many of us, you and others, that have created community 
um, uh, for 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 folks like us to be able to feel seen and included in in everyday life. Um, but we're all have we have a unique call into everything, and so you know the way your community is built is different from the way Rooted Hearts is built, and but we're all needed. So it's been really encouraging for me getting to know other. Um, autism moms and dads and, and grandmas and grandpas and um, and just seeing how diverse everyone's experience is, yet how similar everyone's experience is. Um, as you mentioned, it is a global ministry. Um, we started in 2022. And I'll say September of 2022, we really didn't get the ball rolling until November. So this month makes a full year since we sent out our first sensory toolbox. Yes, it's, 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 um, it's wild. And it's funny because we were meeting with our board of directors yesterday, which we have an incredible group of people behind this. This is not just Jamira doing all of this. Thank God. Thank God that that's not the case. Um, but we were reflecting on what, we said initially we were going to do. The Lord gave uh, me the vision for the sensory toolbox. And we could talk a little bit more about that later. Um, and I went ahead and, you know, I was disobedient for a little bit. I'm not even going to sit here in front and act like I was like, yes, Lord, let me go run. No, no. Come on, talk about it. <laughs> no, I sat on it. I questioned. I asked every question in the world, but thank God for grace. So we we got there eventually. Um, but we, um, we initially said we were going to do 50 toolboxes and it was going to be to serve the city of Charlotte, which it hadn't been 50 and the city of Charlotte. Wonderful. As of last night, the count is 1,121 sensory toolboxes that we've sent out. What? Yes. So oh my we, God. congrats. That's thank huge. You. Thank you. So we, surpassed our goal 22 times Wow! Um, for what we originally thought. Right. And so yes. um, the impact mm. just has been not to your original question. It hasn't just been for those that we've been able to serve. Um, but for me as a mom, um, it's so gratifying to know that I'm able to do, and we're able to do as a team a little bit to keep to um, further along the world that my son gets to grow up in. I'm like, I'm trying to unmute myself. I'm like, (laughs) oh my gosh, I love that. Like, you know, I'm a giver. So like my heart just, uh, it gets overwhelmed with joy and excitement because I think I saw a post and you might've run to something similar, but Somebody has shared something like this generation of like, you know, disabled families is, is so different compared to like back then. And, you know, it does break my heart in a sense because I'm like, I do wish sometimes that I was back then so I can be that change, you know, because it does take that one person to stand up and make that change. Um, but the fact that you guys are doing this now, it's it's like it's never too late. You know, like, you know, as a Christian woman, like the timing of God is so perfect and it's not when we want it to be like, we can have our plan set up. Perfect. Beautiful. There's nothing wrong with setting up a plan in the future. That's beautiful. But when you 
allow God to really lead you? Because I'm sure you probably wanted to do a whole different thing. But God was like, nope, this is it. Because that's how he works. Like, that's how he works. And I'm just so grateful for you, Jomaira, you know, for doing that. And, and of course, it's helping you as well. And I'm sure your mental health, too, because <laughs> that's 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 huge. And that will be a whole topic within itself. But I'm so proud of you and just of, of your ministry. And tell us more how, you know, why Rooted Hearts? Like, how, how did that name come about? I love that question. <laughs> so I'm, I'm um, asking because in case, well, first of all, I'm curious. Number one, um, two, I'm sure there are listeners that are possibly interested in knowing. So share. Well, I love that question because I think initially when you look at the name, you don't think autism. You, you probably think a million other things, but you don't think autism, right? And uh, if I'm being completely honest, when, when the Lord pivoted us to focus on serving other families like ours within the Rooted Hearts brand. Um, I was a little nervous about that because I'm like, there's nothing in it. Like branding 101, marketing 101 tells you like the most successful brands have something embedded with what they do, right? Um, but again, when the Lord is leading, you, you just, you either get to obey or you get to not obey. That's the free will that we get. Um, but the name... Um, Back in 2017, this goes back to 2017, before I was married, before, of course, we had our son. Um, at the time, I was working my full-time job. I, I've had a career of over 15 years in nonprofit. Um, I was in workforce development at the time. and um, But I had this really big interest in health and in um, nutrition, like, I really want to understand root causes for things. I really want to understand why people were getting sick and all these different things. I have been through, gosh, my journey. And I shared a little bit on our Rooted Hearts Ministries, um, you know, social media about my journey with uh, ulcerative colitis and, um, you know, autoimmune disease. But so at that time, I had gone back to school to get my health coaching certification. And... Um, I was wrestling with the Lord because I was like, I don't feel like this is, again, this is before I was married. So at the time I was Jamira Martinez. I was like, I don't think this is like Jamira Martinez coaching. Like that just felt weird to me. I felt like it was so much bigger. It wasn't just about me. Um, and so I was in Wednesday night prayer one night and um, I just, I felt like the Lord was like, sit down and open up the book of Ephesians. And I was like, cool, boom, opened it up. And I start reading, I'm in Ephesians 3, 16, 3, 17. And it was at 3, 17 where it just ignited. And it talks about being rooted and established in love. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And 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 the word rooted and the word hearts, just, it, I just like, almost like it came out of the page. It came together. And I knew in that moment, I was like, oh, this is it. Okay, rooted hearts. But then... I still started my my health coaching business and I, it was lucrative. I became a Zumba instructor. Like that was my life for about four years. But Rooted Hearts didn't come alive until 2020. Um, so that's the origin of the name. In 2018, um, when my husband and I at the time were engaged, um, we were on a family trip and um, the Lord... And the breakfast table told me, start tithing towards rooted hearts. 
And at that point, so I have given my life back to Christ in 2016. So I was kind of still like a baby Christian. And in my mind, you tied to a church. So I'm like, this makes no sense, Lord. Like, what what are we talking about right now? Like, I had probably, I think months before that, actually started tithing. <laughs> so for him to say, start tithing towards Rooted Hearts, first of all, Rooted Hearts was like dormant. Like the name, that was, this, that was the, the next time after 2017, the next time I heard Rooted Hearts again. And so he said, start tithing. So I told my then fiance, and because we weren't married yet, I started tithing because that was the word he gave me. And then when we got married, we both started tithing to Rooted Hearts. So this is 2018. So since 2018, we have been tithing, giving 10% and sometimes even more in this account. And it's just sitting there. And every now and again, he'll tap us and say, hey, pull from that, bless his family. Hey, pull from that, bless his organization. But again, piles of cash. Mind you, we got married had this little itty bitty wedding because that's what we can afford, still tithing. 2020, my son was born March of 2020. We all know what happened March of 2020, the pandemic. My husband loses his job, we're on one income, still tithing. Still, we were like, that was a that was a, a word that God gave us. Mm, it wasn't wait. It wasn't, yeah. Talk up. <laughs> I can't. Cause I, I really feel God as you're speaking, I really feel the presence of God. And it's just like, <laughs> it's so funny because we talk about faith, but we don't, we don't really live it. Like we, we don't really practice that. It's like, we're so quick to telling people you got to live by faith. You can't, you know, we don't live by sight, but how about when you have to live it and go through it? So the fact that you were just married you have your child in a whole pandemic. Oh my gosh. I had Jacob literally right before this pandemic even started, which was crazy. And you guys are still giving without even knowing if this is really going to like come out and, and really happen. So wow. Keep going. Cause this is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, um, you know, um, Pastor Mike Todd talks about crazy faith. He had his book. Like, this was our crazy faith moment. Like, and for us, I think the 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 part that I reflect back now and I look at, it felt like normal. Like, it, now I'm talking about it, I'm like, that's wild. Like, <laughs> what in the world? But we we were so primed. And honestly, I think because we were both um, growing in our relationship with the Lord, um, if, if, if we were in the right position because we were still very bright eyed and we had that childlike faith. And so we were like, okay, this, the Lord called us to do this. We're going to do it. Um, and finally we had an iteration of rooted hearts Academy, which that was in 2020. And the Lord called me to create a coaching program for, um, women to find the root causes of their emotional health. And that was fantastic. And it was wonderful. Um, we got to do some ministry with, because uh, at the time everyone was still kind of quarantined. So we got to do sermon watch parties uh, for a few months and um, women were giving their lives to Christ through those sermon watch parties. Um, but it wasn't until 2022. So 2018 was when he first told us to start tithing all the way four years later, 2022, when we received our son's diagnosis. Um, and then 
also, I left my my career to stay home with my son. Um, March of 2022, when he was like, okay, now this is what we're doing. And that yeah. was where Rooted Hearts Ministry started. So it, wow. it has been, I mean, so many different life things that we've mm-hmm. gone through. Um, but never once, we'll, 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 we'll kind of play with the budget everywhere else. But that was sacred. We never, and I, listen, I'm not going to lie. There would be some months where I'm like, Lord, maybe this month we could like reduce it a little bit. <laughs> like the temptation Listen, is real. Yes. No, I come on. This is this is what I'm talking about. We're going to be real here. Like that's it. That that's just reality. And you're not the only one says <laughs> we've all been there. <laughs> like you know what I can not right now Jesus. You know what? It's, it's another time will work. <laughs> and it, but, it's, um, we've been there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. But I'm grateful. I'm grateful for community. This is why community, not just community within the autism community, but community in general, community of of godly and God fearing men and women are so important because not only are they not going to they're not going to rebuke you or they shouldn't. Right. The right ones aren't going to rebuke you, but the right ones will. um We'll show you the scripture. We'll pray for you. We'll, you know, iron sharpens iron. Sometimes they might come at you and be like, ma'am, <laughs> what was happening? But um, but even still, like even still. And 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 one of the testimonies, like, as I mentioned, my husband lost his job. He was a stay-at-home dad for about 18 months. Then I got a promotion, which that was all God. We were able to, he was able to sustain us during that season. And then, um, um, my son, I started to go through the evaluation process with him. Um, and he started his therapies around September, 2021, before we got an autism diagnosis, we got a delayed speech diagnosis. Right. Um, and the Lord was like, okay, time to come back home. And some other medical stuff was happening at the same time. So it was the right time. And it was hard because here I am at the pinnacle of my career. I was leading, I was leading the youth portfolio for a international nonprofit organization, 30,000 youth in North America, $40 million of, of different types of grant funding and stuff like big time, right? Big time. But like you said, mentioned, you mentioned earlier, like that was great for a season and the Lord allowed that for a season and and it primed me for where I am today, thank God. Um, but it, you know, I stepped back at the right time because I I, you know, my husband did a phenomenal job at home with my son, but now it was my time to use all of my knowledge and and whatever I needed to be able to be there with my son as he started to walk out his journey. Wow. And now, you know, you're with him. That's that's so powerful. That's such a powerful story, Jamaira. And I feel like maybe some people can relate to that, especially the whole faith, you know, thing and, and having to have faith in, in, in really in all of our seasons. But the fact that, you know, your journey is just so unique and I, I love it. I love it because I'm looking back and I'm like, man, I know I was a teacher assistant. That's all I was able to do and work because I got married at 20. (laughs) I've been almost 10 years married. So it's like, you know, 
I get into this marriage and, and now I'm learning still how to become a wife, get pregnant a year later, have my daughter, have to quit my job in 2017 once my daughter turns one because mom can't take care of her anymore. I refuse to do daycare then, first of all, super expensive. And now I can't even imagine. Um, but yeah, I was like, you know what? I'll take care of my daughter. My husband allowed me to quit. I stayed home. 2018, she gets diagnosed. And it's like, wow. Like I look back now and I'm like, well, that makes sense. Why I worked with children and, and you know, God put me in that season and seasons for everything. There is season for everything. And we see the weather changing, you know, literally in life seasons change. And, and we have to be okay with that. Like that, that's just it. Because if you're miserable every time a new season comes into your life, I mean, <laughs> it's just going to be miserable the whole time, you know? So I think that's so powerful. You know, the fact that you still embraced it, you know, you, you embraced it regardless. And now you can look back and say, wow, it was worth it. It, it was worth it. So you get your son's diagnosis. Um, I believe you said um, last year, right? 2022? The official autism diagnosis was January 2022. Yep. Okay. So how did you know? Like what? I guess walk us through that season when you started notice, you know, that your child was different. Um, or perhaps did you know what autism was? Um, did you not know, you know, just take us through that journey. So it's funny you mentioned about the Lord putting you in a season to be a teacher assistant because I actually, um, have my master's in social work. So I was able to get my master's degree. Um, and that was where for me, things really started just being exposed to what autism is. Right. Um, a family member, um, their son was diagnosed with uh, PDD at the time. We didn't have the autism spectrum. That came around 2014. I'll, get, I'll be a little nerdy right now, but when the DSM-5 came out, that was when they went from Asperger's, PDD, global developmental delay, and autism, and they grouped them all together. And now we have autism spectrum disorder. So he was diagnosed with PDD. And uh, uh, I can't even think about what that's there for. But anyway, developmental delay, pervasive developmental delay, excuse me. And um, but I, he, he did the humming, the hand flapping, um, the, uh, the rocking back and forth. So I started to learn a couple of things. Um, fast forward, I was in a previous relationship and um, his sibling was on the spectrum. And I saw some things within her and um, never thought anything of it. You know, like she's part of the family. Cool. We loved her. You know, it was, it was, it, it was what it was. My son, I want to say the first time I saw or had some kind of instinct was um, when he was a month old. He would, if I let him for hours, watch the ceiling fan go, 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 go. And if it was another child, I wouldn't think twice. But something in me, I, I like to believe it's the Holy Spirit, was preparing me, was 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 showing me. Um, around six months, um, the humming started. And that was, I remember it was like nails on a chalkboard. It, it made such a visceral reaction for me. And I... 
I know that might be hard for some parents to hear because my son still hums and I love it. Like, I'm like, yes, use your voice, baby. But at the time I saw the writing was on the wall and I was, it was almost like the grief was already starting before I even knew what it was or, or on paper. So the humming started, um, the toe walking when he finally did start walking, uh, he started walking around 13 months, which is pretty, you know, on time. Um, but then around a year old, when you start looking at those developmental checklists and you're going to the doctors and those, those checklists that we all love to hate, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. The alarms were ringing for me, but I knew again, thank God that I had my background. I said, no doctor is going to take me seriously because for, to evaluate him for autism until 18 months, because that's when the autism checklist starts. So, but I knew that I can advocate for early intervention services. So at 12 months, I started to put it in his pediatrician's ear. By the time the 15 month appointment came, we realized he had not he had maybe one or two words, and that was when we started to work with early intervention. Um, and then, like I mentioned earlier, he was first diagnosed with delayed speech, um, and we started OT before we started speech because his um, receptive language was severely lacking. So we went that route first, which was fantastic. We still have OT now. Um, but then we graduated into OT and speech. Um, and then after we got the autism diagnosis four months later, it was pretty quick. It was, it was, it was really quick. Um, then that's when we started ABA about four months after that. Um, that of course I'll be getting emotional and I'll be, I'm like, you gotta hold yourself back, sis. <laughs> that is so like. You know, because I guess, you know, when you're talking about the grief and I mentioned this in my first episode when I'm talking about Eliana and, you know, can we just talk a little bit about that? You know, just that grief season. So for those parents, especially that are just starting this journey and, you know, possibly feel like they're alone or they don't know. You know, what, what can you do after you get that diagnosis? But let's, let's rewind and go back to that, that grieving season. Now that I'm trying to make you cry or go back to that, but, um, (laughs) you know, I'm a cry baby girl, so don't do it. Um, but no, just kidding. Um, how, how did you manage that? You know, how did you deal with that? Because I'm guessing at this time when you're getting his diagnosis officially, you're already out of work, right? You, you've already become a stay at home mom at that time. Yes. Okay. Okay. So now you get his diagnosis and and what's happening, you know, what's going through your mind. Now you're grieving. What exactly were you grieving about your son? Cause this is your only child, right? It's my currently my only child. Yes. Okay. Um, so you want me to be honest, right? And be real. And that, I'm, that's just how I live my life. <clears throat> I'm going to say Period. something. Contro- yes. I'm, I'm going to say something controversial right now. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> When I, when I was carrying Aaron, my son's name is Aaron. When I was carrying Aaron, um, I was really sick and 
I think most of us, when we pray for our children, we pray, God, please let them have all their limbs and fingers. And I know for my husband, that was his prayer, like that all the physical limbs were there and everything was functioning. For whatever reason, my prayer was, God, please don't let him have autism. Wow. Oh, that that's now I'm getting mm, emotional. That's okay. Because I think now knowing what I know, I would not change a thing about my son. And that was a lot of ignorance and a lot of fear driving that because I saw what other people in my life before me went through, feeling isolated, not having um, real solutions and things like that. Um, Relationships breaking apart because of just how hard it was to try and manage all the things. And out of all the things in the world, all the things, that was the one thing that I asked the Lord. Um, And I remember when there was a big, he was delayed on kicking. Like I didn't feel Mm. kicks. Mm. And um, I didn't feel my first kick until 24 weeks, which most, some people, yeah, (laughs) some people are like, um, you know, they feel flutters and things at like 13, 14 weeks. I didn't feel anything, but baby was healthy. Everything was good. And I remember crying out to the Lord and I was like, is something wrong? Like what, what, what's going on? And he told me, and I'm so grateful for my relationship with the Lord. He told me, um, Aaron is going to do everything on his own time. And at the time I didn't understand what that meant. I didn't understand. And now (laughs) seeing him, it's like, I get it. And even better, on the days mm. that I feel so, the grief is hitting me. Yeah. And and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sad because I'm thinking about his birthday. But mm-hmm. realistically, he doesn't get the concept. It's another day for him. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. I'm looking at it's the true. pile, I'm looking at the pile of Christmas gifts from last Christmas, still wrapped in his closet. Wow. Because my son is mm. still playing with his toys from when he was a baby mm. and he's happy with that. Or yeah. he plays mm-hmm. with other things that maybe aren't considered toys, but mm. he's happy. Mm. Um, wow. In those moments, mm. I remember God's promise. Yes. So yes. he said, he didn't say Aaron's not going to do it. He said he's going to do it in his own time. Right. Mm. But the key thing is that he's going to do it. Mm. And so I have to stay rooted in that promise. And I'm so grateful that he gave me that promise because now on those moments where the grief wants to hit me, where society wants to tell me that my son can't, or even my own thinking, the enemy will try Mm -hmm. to get to you. The enemy Mm -hmm. knows based on previous. The one thing I've learned is that the enemy doesn't know your future. Only God does, but the enemy will use the Mm -hmm. past to try and make it look like it's the, the, the current present and then also make it look like it's the future right he's the trickster we know this about him so he's gonna sit there like oh i saw her crying over this over here i'm gonna try to distract her and but god so that's why again being around community staying rooted in the word and pushing through when it's hard is so important but now your original question was like what what was i going through i'm still grieving the reality is we're almost two, we're, we're 
two years from when I got the initial diagnosis and I'm still grieving. Um, and I, and, but grief and grief is a process. And I think that the older my son gets and when he goes into different stages and ages of life, there's probably going to be pieces that I'm going to grieve from that. Um, yes, that right there. Oh my God. Wait, that right there. What you just said right there. I I want you to keep going, but they get older and there are still things that you're still grieving. Like I should say, Eliana is seven. And you know, when I'm around seven year olds, (laughs) her age, and I'm like, wow, like she should be able to do this. I should be able to give her a shopping cart, excuse me, and she should be able to, you know, pick out an outfit for herself. Simple things like that. And and when we've realized, well, she's not there yet. Okay, I'll say that yet, because I do believe she can get there. Um, If it doesn't happen, for whatever reason, if it's in God's perfect will, then you know what? That's okay. (laughs) you know, that's okay. I I can't change God's plans, but I can only hope and have faith. And the fact that you just said that it just, wow, that was so good right there. I have to mark that because that was good. Like they're growing and we're still grieving certain parts. So I think grieving is really up for everything. I I mean, I don't know when you look at it, you know, and they're still developing, they're still growing. There's still things that they're not able to do at that moment. So, but I, I just but, had to pause you on there. That no, was good. I, I, so, and the thing is, I think that's important is that grief is a journey. Yet I'm finding that my hope grows stronger and stronger. The more that I get to know my son, because we're also gaining a relationship with our child and we're learning them as they grow. And I think that a lot of times we put this pressure and society puts the pressure on us that we're supposed to know all the things and we're supposed to, why didn't you do this for your child? Like, how am I supposed to know? There's no, yeah, there's plenty of books, but let's be honest. Like, first of all, I ain't got time to be reading these books out here. God bless if people do. I, I just don't. And talk like, about it because I still be like on chapter two when I start books because I started yes. getting into reading and I'm like, well, you know what? It's it's there. We'll we'll get to you. It, it's that's a whole okay. other topic for a whole other day. Whole other topic for a whole other day. But but no, for real. Like I I I have to realize that like I'm getting to know my son. And um, just yesterday, he he's been he's a very um, uh, my Spanglish is kicking in. He's very cariñoso. He's very loving. Sometimes that happens. I get, I'm like, I don't know the word in English. He's very loving. He's very welcome, emotional. Welcome to the bilingual world. <laughs> for real. Just saying. Um, and uh, and I'm so grateful for that. Because uh, there's a stigma, right? That autistic children are withdrawn and they don't show love. And like, not at all the case with us. Thank God. Um, and I've just been really intentional to squat down and look my son in the eyes and tell him I love him. I love you. I love you. Like, I know he hears me because my son doesn't have to make eye contact to hear me. But I also think that there's so much importance in being able to make that eye contact, whether they make eye contact with you or not. 
but for you to squat down to where they're at and to say, I love you, you're amazing, you're powerful, you're smart, like giving them those affirmations. And I've been really intentional. And I kid you not, last night, uh, my son is uh, what others would consider nonverbal, non-speaking. I like to say pre-verbal. I like to say limited speaking um, for now, the power of yet, right? Um, but I could have sworn I heard him try to say the first syllables, I love you. And I was like, that's enough for me. That's enough for me. So I and, and and when I tell you I've been squatting down and doing this maybe for two weeks now, it's not like I've been doing it since he was born and I'm this like great mom. No. But I've been intentional and something is clicking. It's you know, it's quote unquote working. He's he's feeling the connection. Um and that's something like through the work that we're doing with rooted hearts, um we've a lot of the work is inspired just through my day-to-day life, um, if I'm being honest. When I was doing this and the Lord gave me the vision for our sensory toolboxes that we send out, um, I was like, Lord, like autism is a spectrum. Like I literally got a diagnosis last week. I am not an expert. He's like, you're the expert on your son. You're your son's expert. You're not, you're not for everyone, number one. That's the thing that a lot of business owners and people who have big hearts and a giver's always go through like we think we have to serve the world um and i always say jesus not even jesus was able to at the time when he was on this earth right he served within a a three-mile radius i read yesterday um in the three years of his ministry um he walked about a hundred miles total in in right so when we think about that it's like man like he really stood within a specific region but look at the ripple effect, look at the impact, right? Um, we're meant to serve who we're meant to serve. And so for me, that's why we're very intentional. We're serving families who have a recent diagnosis between, you know, you got it yesterday and within the last two years. Why? Because that's where we are. And when we grow and when we get to a different stage or when the Lord leads us, then we'll expand our services. Um but one of the things that we're really excited about um, for 2024, so we, we've been able to send out over a thousand boxes and it's been phenomenal. Um, and we still have an additional 430 plus boxes to send out. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but next year, because uh, we've realized um, that there is a need not only for community, but for people to feel seen caregivers, to feel seen caregivers, to um, be taken care of a little bit. We're launching a, uh, I haven't shared this yet. So this is exclusive for you, Nani. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this muting thing drives me crazy. Enough. <laughs> oh my God, please. That's why I was like, I did my little dance. Come on, girl. You better spill the tea now. Don't play with me. (laughs) All right. So for 2024, we are going to get really intentional, uh, more intentional than even we were before. And we are going to be launching uh, group training programs with parents joining for six to eight weeks together. We're going to have guest speakers. And it really is inspired by the workshop that I did in Denver. My child was diagnosed with autism, now what? 
45 minutes was nowhere nearly as enough to be able to cover all the topics. Um, and so what we're going to be doing is little by little peeling that onion of the topics in a six week to eight week span. Um, oh my I'm God. So, so excited. I'm Dude. so grateful for what the Lord is doing. Wow. Um, I'm in awe. Yes. Oh, me too. I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm no, like, wow, because okay. you you know I have really good connections, even with churches and stuff like that. Like I want to hook you up. I want to make sure I get all the details on this, so you know I can help you promote and also just send it out to pastors and especially you know I do my presentation for churches. Um, it, it's funny because right before we got on the call, I was a little behind because somebody called me. They want me to join their PD meeting with teachers tomorrow on on virtual and I'm like oh okay you know my kids are off tomorrow for election day but we can make it work here I am putting myself in these situations but anyways always do this um so I think that will be great I can add that resource there under my resource links and I can share a little more about that because in January um I already have my book in for a church in January um so if you're launching around that time that will be perfect because Churches need this too, okay? <laughs> so, yeah, and that's a whole other episode too because that's the yeah. area. So for us with Rooted Hearts, um, we're, not, we're not just focused on the child or the caregiver, although that's our primary focus. We're really looking at the ecosystem of that family. So when that child goes out to school, the people that are taking care of them, do they know about autism? When that child goes to the barbershop, when that child goes to um, the theme park, wherever, their community and, and the world around them, are those people aware? And church, don't get me on my soapbox about church, but I'll just say this real quick. We know that 80% of individuals with a special needs loved one is currently unchurched, 80%. The divorce rate for marriages with at least one special needs child is 87%. I, um, and, and we as Rooted Hearts um, have a very loud stance on the fact that the church truly needs to step in. And it's not just because this is a need, although yes, mm -hmm. it's biblical. Right, it's right. biblical. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Time and time again, we see Jesus engaging with those. Uh, yes, I was just that gonna others say, forget. Yeah, you just posted something about this, right? Was it you that you posted something on your stories that he yes. was really with the least of them, literally with the disabled, the prostitute? I'm, I'm telling you, that's who Jesus is. Okay. He looks to the least of these. He's not interested. You know, if you have all this money, all this clothes, all this cute jewelry. No, if you have the latest fashion, if you have the latest phone, the latest, the latest sneakers. No, Jesus is literally looking at your heart. And, and, and the fact that our children are the least of these, you know, they are disabled. They have, but, and Jesus still looks at them with grace and mercy and, and love and acceptance. And you know, what's crazy too. Um, when you look at the word disabled, which is so harsh for some people to hear, um, 
able is on there. Like you cannot spell disabled without the word able on there. So you know what that tells me, Jomaira, that our children are able. It, it doesn't matter their diagnosis. It doesn't matter their challenges and what they're facing. Despite of that, they're still able. That's it. That That's Amen. just period. Like they are able to do what they are to do in this world. So that is, that is so beautiful. I love that. And I am definitely going to be praying for that. And that, I mean, it, it just blows up that you, you will be amazed with what God is going to get ready to do. I mean, I'm sure he's already been doing things, but you know what I mean? Like just exceedingly and abundantly, because that is the God that we serve. That's Amen. it. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, I think, you know, moving into 2024, um, being intentional about surrounding ourselves around these families, around these caregivers. I think one of the things that stuck out to me when, when, um, we were at the moments of joy fest, shout out to Camille. We love you girl. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> um, when we were there and I ran my session, um, it wasn't just parents of children newly diagnosed. Um, it was a brother of, of an autistic, uh, uh, adult who had the diagnosis for 20 plus years. It was a great grandmother who traveled, who was disabled herself, but still made it her business to be here because she wanted to learn and she wanted to be there for her great grandchild. Right. It was, and of course, also the mothers who were in different stages. And so to me, that made me realize like, my goodness, like people are still trying to figure this out, like regardless of what stage you're in. And so how can we create a bubble in a way for six weeks to love on families? Now, we're not going to be able to bring in every single person that applies, right? Because it's, um, we're being, again, very intentional, prayerful about the community that we're building, but the goal is, is that every single person that joins will have at least one person point of contact that they'll be able to connect with in if anything ever happens. So after, you know, we're done meeting and we're done being together as a group, they still have at least one person that they can reach out to on those when they're up at 2 a.m. because their child is not sleeping or um, the child's not taking the medication or whatever it is. They have someone to lean on because we cannot do this life, especially not this special needs life without community. So um, I mean, if you can't tell from my voice, I am so excited. Um, yes! We're still building things out. Yeah. We're, we're hoping and praying to um, by the end of quarter one. So February, March to roll out. Yeah. There's a lot of details that we'll still have to, you know, there'll be an application process. Yeah. And we'll, we'll be asking folks to um, you know, dedicate time, but, um, I think it's going to be, I, and I know the Lord is going to meet us. We have, oh, a, yeah. a, as a biblical aspect to it too. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. again, we're modeling this off of our journey. Yes. The yes. Lord has been with us every step. There's mm -hmm. no way. And listen, there's other caregiver programs out there and they're great. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but they don't have that spiritual component. Yeah. Yeah, especially uh, so if that's you're, what makes us different. Yeah, especially if you're a Christian family and you're listening, you know, because maybe this is not going to be for everyone, right? And we respect that. You know, you may have your belief and that's fine. Um, we still have something in common, right? We're autism families. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I always say that, but 
if you know me, you know that I'm a Christian and I'm unashamed and I love sharing about my faith because really it's what helps me, what has sustained me. So um, when you find groups like these, you know, definitely get yourself into it. Even if you just believe, but you know, you don't have a church, you don't really commute or, or have that community, let this be your community. You know, don't hesitate to get Jomaira's information, you know, which is going to be down below um, her, her social media, reach out to her, make sure you get on that list, you know, fill out that information. You're going to want this. I'm telling you, I wish this was available when I first back in 2018. And I'm sure a lot of moms are going to feel the same way when they first started, but you know, it's never too late. So this is going to be a huge like impact. I'm just saying girl. So for real, and I'm, I'm celebrating with you sis. And for, I mean, there's nothing better than people supporting one another and, and pushing one another. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you don't have to have the same belief as me. You don't have the fact that we can help each other. Listen, that's, that's me doing the work of God. And you guys are doing missions, literally missions within your community, sis. And that's, that's powerful. We don't have to get a passport. We don't have to go miles away. I mean, Jesus himself, he stayed within his community. Literally, you don't have to go. Listen, those that are doing it, amen. You know, praise God for you. Keep doing your thing and keep being obedient. But not everybody, that's going to be your calling. It could be right here, right where you're at. Use it. Don't sit down and complain, but use that talent and gift that God has given you. So that is so powerful, Jomaira. And, you know, to end this episode, I would love for you to give the families an advice, those that are just starting this journey, you know, that are, of course, you know, feeling lost. They don't know what's next after receiving this diagnosis of autism. Um, what is one advice you will give to them? Um, you don't have to know everything day one. Take a deep breath and start somewhere wherever you start it's enough whether it's reading to your child every day whether it's getting them the therapies that they need um whether it's applying for one of our sensory toolboxes like all of it is enough and is it, it is this is not your fault this diagnosis is not your fault so take I hope that that helps someone to take the shame and the guilt away. I don't care if you took Tylenol while you were pregnant. I don't care if you were on medication. I don't care if it's generational in your family. It's still not your fault because your child didn't start uh, growing when they were in your womb. They started in the beginning of time when God was already planning everything and God had a plan already before anything. So none of this is your fault. And we also have a responsibility to steward our children. So start somewhere. And wherever you start, it's enough. That is so beautiful. Ugh, that was pretty refreshing for me, <laughs> even though I've been in this. But it's, it's so refreshing to hear. And, you know, I want to thank you, you know, Jomaira, for being here, for taking out of your day and your time this morning. and. um for blessing us, for blessing the listeners. And, you know, we pray nothing but blessings for those that are listening, whether you're an educator, a therapist, um, a parent, a caregiver, we thank you too. 
you know, we thank you because if you're here, it's because you want to learn and, and you want to make sure that you're being accepting, you know, um, it sucks that we still go to the public and there's still people giving us stares. There are still people, you know, if my son is stimming very loudly and one of the things that he does is grind his teeth, you know, craziness. Um, <laughs> people just look at him like, you know, there's, there's something wrong. And at the end of the day, you know, there is nothing wrong with our children. They just process things differently. And, and we want you to understand that family that's listening, you are not a burden to your child. You are not a mistake. You are not alone. You know, you were chosen for this specific time. God knew exactly what he was doing. And I know that at the moment, especially if you're just starting this journey, it just looks chaos. It feels crazy. It's so many people, so many content creators, so many, you know, moms changing diets, mom not vaccinating, mom's doing this, mom's doing that. Okay. That you can become bombarded. You can become overwhelmed. But one thing I'm going to tell you is, which I'm sure Jomaira agrees, you have to do what works for your child. What works for your child? You know, and, and if that doesn't work, don't stress about it. Take a break if you need to from social media and take a step back and see what's really working for your child and adjust to that. Because I was just talking to a mom this morning and she, she's going through some things with the school as well. And her daughter's, it's completely, you know, limited verbally. And she's noticing the sign language is like her thing. So she's been advocating for the school to provide a sign language translator. And I said, well, you know what? Good for you. Because I didn't even think about that, right? Because we can become so consumed with our own children that we don't realize, you know what? They, there should be sign language translators within the school. They should always be available. And that warmed my heart so much when she shared that with me. I could see her happiness. And I said, wow, I'm so happy for you, mom. And, you know, you have to do what you have to do for your child. What is it that you know works best for your child to communicate? And that's what you go for. Don't ever stop. And I know that this episode is long compared to my previous episodes, but I feel like, you know, it's a good thing because we are really trying to encourage you families. If anything, if you get anything out of this episode, I think we're really trying to uplift you. If you're feeling down and you're feeling like you cannot do this and you were not chosen for your child, I'm here to remind you that you were, you were chosen for your child. So keep that in mind. And yeah, I don't know if you have any last words, Jomaida, that you want to share. Yeah, I just want to, um, we're, we're actually going to be launching a campaign for Giving Tuesday. If you don't know, Giving Tuesday is the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, in which the global community gets to come together and through their generosity, give towards all different kinds of causes. Um, and we just hope and pray that um, those that are listening would consider donating towards um, Rooted Hearts Ministries. We currently have 434 children and families that are awaiting their sensory toolbox. Um, as you would imagine, it costs about $10. Nani, I know you know this because you, you know, you have your t-shirt business and your, your apparel. It's about average yeah. $10 well, I, for I, shipping. I would say I do, I no longer have my apparel um, mm-hmm. business, but yes, when I did have it, it is, that is, it takes a lot. It takes a lot. And, you know, we can't be complaining. You know, if you're going to support a business, support them. 
Okay, because I'm going somewhere else with this. Now we're talking about business. Girl, you know, you know I'll be ready, okay? So let's, let's stay on track. But no, yes, I wanted to make that clear in case anybody, because I know the sweatshirt she's wearing originally, I was selling it. Now, I, I am going to be selling um, sweatshirts for the podcast, but it's more like merch for the podcast itself. I wouldn't call it like an actual apparel line. But anyways, um, just wanted to make that clear. But go ahead, sis. <laughs> No, you're fine. So it takes, um, it's about average $10 for shipping and then average $25 to put together our sensory toolboxes. So if you don't know what our sensory toolbox is, um, we send out sensory gadgets and toys to families um, with children recently diagnosed with autism. And we also add um, literature inside to help families uh, to alleviate the developmental time wasted when you get the diagnosis and when you um, start therapy. So um, we also make it very individualized for the child because as they say, if you met one person with autism, you met one person with autism. Um, and so we, if your child likes Bluey, we try to add something from Bluey in there. If they like rocks, we'll add a rock painting kit. Like no two boxes will ever be the same. So um, because of that, it takes about $25 for a box. So if you're in a place where you can give, or even if you can't give $10, you can give $1, whatever it is, whatever the Lord puts on your heart, we would be so grateful for whatever you can give so that we can make sure that these 400 plus families will get a box while they're waiting for therapy to start. Oh, that is just so beautiful. I... This is amazing. And I am so excited, sis. And if you post this, I don't know. Did you share this on your Root of Hearts ministry page? Not, this is all exclusive just for you, Nani. I was oh, waiting. Oh, <laughs> okay. I'm feeling special. But what I'm going to do is that um, if you can, if you create a video, you know, talking about this, I would love to share this um, on my personal page and also on my podcast page, because I think I love sharing you know, valuable content and, and things that are going to be helpful for families. So thank you so much for that. Y'all, I'm telling you, she blessed us for real. Okay. She dropped the ball. Okay. Not even a gem. She dropped an entire ball. Okay. I'm just saying, so we have Australia listening craziness. I am so grateful for those families. Um, for real, because wow, whole different side of the world. Um, and we just hope and pray that this podcast just continues to bless you. So thank you so much, Jamaida, for joining us. And I pray nothing but blessings, sis. You already know. Call or text me whenever. Any questions, anything that I can do to help, I'm here. Um, free of charge. I love to say, you know, it's free of charge because, you know, some people may think, you know, I'm afraid to ask because they might charge me. <laughs> so, you know, just know that for real, out of my heart. So yeah, guys, I will see you again on another episode, which we are just four episodes away from ending season one, and then we'll go into a break. Um, but thank you so much, sis. I love you. And thank you. I love you too. Yes. And we'll definitely do another episode together um, for sure, because I, I just love everything you're doing. And I think it's, it's great. So thank you, sis. Have a great one. Bye. <laughs>